How wonderful it is to be here. Turn to somebody and say, this is an awesome place to be. It really is. Seriously, I, I just want to share what the Holy Spirit was impressing upon me in worship here. And it's very simple, and it's this. That there are thousands of people who want and need what you have. Turn to somebody and say there are thousands of people who need and want what you have. And I believe in, in the ensuing days there's going to be a, a discovery of what God wants to do and what God is doing in your lives by many people. And my encouragement is don't be afraid, don't be intimidated. Stand out, stand strong, not just here in services, but wherever you go. And trust God to draw people into what is really needed in their lives. Because you have it. You really have it. To turn to somebody and say, you have it. And together, more so, you have it. You know, there's a multiplied effect when we are in unity and we're moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that multiplied effect has a powerful drawing power. And, uh, and that's what's going to be happening in the days to come. We see, we just see you moving from strength to strength, from glory to glory. And God is adding a little bit here and a little bit there. And this body is going to be a strong force. It already is, but it's going to be a strong force in this region. And not only in this region but in the world out there. So do not limit God. Turn to somebody and say, do not limit God. <clears throat> Never limit God in what he can do in your lives. This morning, I want to speak to you on the subject, the God of miracles. And I'm just going to give you a, a brief synopsis of uh, a few things that the Bible says, and this is in no way comprehensive this morning, uh, it will be simple, I trust, and easy to be understood. But we believe in the God of miracles. <clears throat> the God we serve and His only begotten Son are identified by miracles. Creation itself was a miracle. God spoke the Word and the planets came into existence. Amazing. A dramatic miracle happened just by God speaking. And you know what? Miracles happen today because God speaks and God lifts his voice into a situation. And when God does that, miracles take place. He said, let there be light. And guess what? Say it together. There was light. Not only was the beginning a miracle, but sustaining of this is equally a miracle. I mean, to get something happening is one thing, but to see it sustain and continue is an amazing thing. Man makes things, and they are sustained for a time, and then it's time to throw it away and land it in the garbage dump. Not with the miracle sustaining power and creative God that we know. God makes something, he sustains it, and it keeps going. You know, even Rolls Royces, 
you know, they run out in due time. They get old and they rust and, you know, maybe some of you don't understand Rolls Royces, but I kind of like studying cars. Uh, it's amazing. You know, those are amazing, but what God does is much more amazing. Turn to somebody and say, what God does is much more amazing. Strewn throughout the annals of history are the amazing stories and records of miracles. I want to start with, with Abraham. Abraham and Sarah, God had given them a promise, and uh, she was 90 years old, and Abraham was 100, and they're supposed to have a baby. I mean, against all odds, they had a baby, and the child's name was, was Isaac. And the Bible says that they, Abraham considered not, he considered not his body dead, nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. Didn't consider that. What he considered was what God said. And I believe that we also not, must not be so much considering what we see around us but we need to be considering what God is saying around us. Because with God, all things are possible. Isaac, Jacob, the following generations experienced the miracles of God. Follow the life of Joseph. Joseph's life is an amazing life. He's this favored boy that experiences so much favor from his dad, but then it seems like everything turns against him and his jealous brothers throw him into a pit and he is sold as a slave, but ultimately he becomes the ruler of Egypt. And all of his dreams come true, the wild dreams that he had, you know, that there were people bowing down to him and, 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 and he was being a leader in all these dreams. And you say, what is this, Joseph? But his dreams actually came true because they were God dreams. You see, the wildest of your dreams, they are God dreams. If God's involved in those dreams. Those dreams can come through in a miraculous way. Think for a moment of Moses. I said I'm just giving you a snapshot of a few things here this morning. Moses and the miracles that were happening in his life. What an exciting life he had. As a baby, he was thrown into this basket because the king of that time was trying to get rid of the, the, the Hebrews who were growing strong within Egypt, and therefore he was taking the lives of, of boys. What a terrible thing to do. We know in our world today similar things happen in parts of the world, and of course I think that abortion is a horrible thing and it's killing babies and some kings, some rulers stand for that. We do not. We stand for life. Turn to somebody and say, we stand for life. And so, so Moses is thrown into this basket and drifts down the river and he, he finds his way into the king's palace in Egypt and there he is raised. What a miracle. I mean, that little basket could have drifted anywhere on that water, but it drifted to the place where somebody loved him, cared for him, and reared him in the best possible way. A miracle took place 
in all of this. It was a miracle of God. Then, of course, Moses rises up one day and he says, I'm no longer going to be the son of Pharaoh. I'm no longer going to be in this palace. And by the Bible says, by faith he forsook that wonderful place, the best place in the world that you could imagine. And he chose to suffer with the people of God. And from there on, God does miracle after miracle through the life of Moses. Miracle, miracles like he, he comes to Pharaoh and he challenges him and he says, let my people go that they might do the will of God, in essence is what he was saying. And the king hardens his heart. And then God, through Moses, brings all of these plagues upon the land of Egypt. Water is changed to blood. Can you imagine? All the water in your water systems and the pools and everything turns to blood. That's a miracle. Then the land is filled with frogs. And of course, some of these were representative of their gods and God was basically saying, if you want to have your gods, here's what you got. I'll give you lots of it. And they got sick of it. Then there was lice and flies, and, and then there were plagues on the animals and infectious diseases, except it didn't happen on the Israelites' cattle, but it happened on all the Egyptians' cattle. There were boils, and there was hail from heaven, and there were locusts, and there was darkness. And, and then there was the Passover, where during that time when this horrific thing came and took firstborn children and so on. God said, if you put blood on the doorpost, he said, I will pass over your house. And the children of Israel did that. They put blood on the doorposts of their houses, which is symbolic of the protection of the blood of Jesus Christ. That's why even till this day, we plead the blood of Christ over our homes because under and in his blood, there is safety. We are safe when we're under his blood. Outside of the blood, outside of the cross, outside of Jesus, there is no safety. But they found safety there. And we discover that the death angel, when he was passing through the houses, when he saw the blood, when the death angel saw the blood, he passed over. That's where the word Passover comes from. He passed over and he says, I, I can't touch that family. I can't take a life there. Why? The blood was on the doorpost. Jesus was represented there. Jesus is our salvation. He's our hope. He's our protection. That was all pictured way back there in those stories. Then, of course... There were more miracles to follow. Finally, Pharaoh lets the children of God go and, and they make their journey toward the wilderness, but then there's a Red Sea in front of them. And the Egyptian armies are pressing in on the Israelites and... Uh, 
they begin to wonder now, are we going to all die here? But then we discover that the rod of the Lord is raised up over the sea and the sea parts. And the Bible tells us that they walked over, not on muddy land at the bottom of the river, but they walked over on dry land. That's a miracle. I mean, consider this, that they would actually have dry land to walk over on when there has been a sea there, I mean, for eons of time. Amazing. Then, of course, as they, as they move forward, we, we know that the Egyptian armies are drowned in the sea. That's another miracle, miracle of God. And then from there on, Israel is directed by a pillar of cloud by day, which gave them some air conditioning, and fire by night, which kept them warm in the wilderness because the wilderness can become very cold at night. They had light at night, and they had protection during the day. Miracle after miracle was taking place in their beginnings out of Egypt. They run out of food to eat, and they discover that every morning they could get fresh manna on the front lawn. You say, what is this? God was feeding them miraculously. And then, of course, when they ran out of water, Moses spoke to a rock, and water comes gushing out of a rock. Turn to somebody and say, that's a miracle. You go home and start talking to some rocks and see if water comes out of them. Well, if God wants you to do that, it can happen. It really can. It happened in that time. Then, of course, there were amazing victories that they came through. I mean, amazing battles were fought and won in the name of the Lord, all because... God was there doing miracles. The Ten Commands were given to Moses, and they were written on these tables of stone. And if any of you have seen the, the old movie, The Ten Commandments, you remember how you know, these things were, were burned in the rock by fire. Well, that's maybe not exactly the way it happened, but nevertheless, it was a miracle. And those tables of stone were given to, to Moses, and it was an indication of the manifest presence of God coming and doing and bringing this forth to the people of God. Another great miracle that we see in, in the life of Moses is that after he has his encounter with God, remember he, he goes up into the mountain, he meets with God, and he takes off his shoes because God speaks to him and he says, the place you are standing is on, on holy ground, ground, therefore take off your shoes. And so he does. Then after he comes out of that experience, the Bible tells us that his face shone with the glory of God. Somebody say, amazing. Face shone with the glory of God. On other, other instances, quails were, they flew in to feed them. Moses intercedes at one point when a, a plague is threatening and the plague is stopped 
certain serpents attack the people of God. And Moses manufactures this brazen or this brass serpent and he hangs it on a pole. And he says, if anyone will look, just look at this brass serpent on a pole. If you'll just look, you'll be saved and you'll be spared from the snakes. Of course, we know that was a picture of what was to come. That Jesus would one day be lifted up on the cross. He would become sin for us. He didn't know any sin, but he would become sin for us. And if we will just look to Jesus in faith, we will be delivered from death's punishments and from the poisons that can attack us in this world. Isn't that good news? Turn to somebody and say, that's good news. Look and live. It was a miracle look. There are many miracles re recorded in the Bible. I'm told that a partial list, some say, well, there's at least 125 miracles, but I believe there's a lot more miracles than that. Think of Aaron's rod that turned into a snake and ate up the magician's Snake, Exodus chapter 7. Bitter waters were made sweet by throwing a tree into the water. The earth at one point opened up and swallowed a rebellious group of people. Now, that's a miracle. Turn to somebody and say, I don't want to be part of that kind of miracle. <laughs> There was fire from God came down and consumed the sacrifice regularly. Aaron's rod, which was put in the Ark of the Covenant that was carried by the priests of Israel, his rod actually budded. It was an old dry stick that had no connection to water or anything like that. And just inside the box, this rod buds. That's amazing. The Jordan, as we mentioned earlier, divides. Actually, we didn't mention that earlier, talking about the Red Sea earlier. But the, the Jordan later divides and stands up on one side so that the people of God can enter the land. One day, the sun stood still. That was in Joshua's day. And there were all kinds of cataclysmic things that happened on the earth at that time. There were hailstorms that were manifests which came against the enemies of God. Balaam's donkey talks. Turn to somebody and say, if that donkey can talk, I can talk too. <laughs> a donkey. Can you imagine a donkey talking? Turn to somebody and say, you're not a donkey. You're not a donkey. Remember where the presence of God was, there was this God called Dagon. And he falls down in the middle of the night and is smashed by the miracle power of God. All kinds of miracles again and again. Remember there's a fellow by the name of Uzzah. When they're moving the ark of God, he touches the ark, and he's smitten by the ark. Another miracle. Hands withered 
were restored. Think of Elijah and Elisha. All the miracles that Elijah did. And Elisha did twice as many miracles as Elijah. Remember when Elijah starts into his ministry after Elijah, Elijah is about to go, he takes the garment of Elijah and he, and he, and he, he throws it like this and pulls it in and said, Where is the God of Elijah? And the Bible tells us that God gave a double portion of the Spirit to Elisha so that he could do twice as many miracles, and there are twice as many recorded miracles by Elisha as there were by Elijah. Meal and oil unfailing happened for Elijah at the widow's house who had nothing. A widow's son is resurrected from the dead. I mean, this is happening in the Old Testament. This is amazing stuff. What a healing ministry what was going on there. There was drought as prophesied by Elijah. He said there will not be rain for three and a half years. And it happened according to the word of the prophet. And then he comes in and prophesies the end of the rain. And then it begins to rain like you wouldn't believe. These are all miracles. Jonah swallowed by a fish. And he survives as he's thrown out of the fish's belly on the shore one day after he comes to terms with obedience in his life. Daniel escapes the fiery furnace and the lion's den. Gideon sets out a fleece before the Lord and it shows the will of God for his life by a miracle. I want to say today that I grew up on knowing something about real-life miracle stuff. My parents were um, brought up in the Roman Catholic tradition. Back in those days in the Roman Catholic Church, uh, it was all in Latin, and uh, there wasn't much movement except the traditional kind of motions that they went through week after week. And my parents heard the gospel of Jesus Christ with power, and there was a remarkable transformation in their lives. While my parents were not, you know, pastors or Christian leaders as we know them in the church today, they had... Amazing faith in God. And they lived with the highest of standards of holiness and desiring to please God in everything that they did. And they raised us in that way. And uh, the stories that I read as a boy were comics written by Oral Roberts who talked about the miracles of God in the comic books. That's quite a way to raise your kids, get them those kind of comic books. And um, so I read all of Oral Roberts' comics. And they're all Bible stories, and they're all miracle stories. 
And there are not only old Bible stories from the Old Testament and the New Testament, but they were stories about people who had faith in God, who touched the hem of Jesus' garment, and they were made whole. And all of these comics linger in my mind till this day. They're very real to me till, till this very, very day. It was a lady by the name of Betty Baxter who couldn't walk, and she was an invalid, and and she was listening to the message on, back in those days on the radio. And Oral Roberts used to say to people, if you desire a miracle, just believe God and go to your radio and, and touch your radio and receive your miracle. It's your point of contact and your exercise of faith. And that happened with Betty Baxter in this comic book story. And, and this little girl, I think she was nine years old or something like that, this little girl was raised out of her paralysis. And her bones began to snap and crackle. And she stood up miraculously and lived out a healed life all of her days from then on. Miracles. Amazing miracles. I grew up on that. The many miracles. The account of miracles in the Bible are amazing. John chapter 20 and verse 25 is one of my verses that I love and talks about Jesus. And there are also many things which Jesus did. And one writer on the life of Jesus said Jesus did at least 31 personal miracles in the Gospels. He says here, though, and there are also many things which Jesus did. Let's read the rest of it together. If they should be written, every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Now, is, is that an exaggeration? Was John, the beloved apostle, exaggerating when he wrote that? No, I believe the writers who recorded the life of Jesus and those who were inspired to write the scriptures told the truth as it was. This was not an exaggeration. I believe that there were many, many miracles beyond what are recorded in the Gospels that were done by Jesus Christ. So many, so many miracles that the world could not contain the books should they be written. Miracle after miracle after miracle followed the ministry and the life of Jesus Christ. Jesus went on to say in John chapter 14, verse 12, he says, Greater things than these shall you do because I go to the Father. He says, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. I'm going to multiply myself in millions of believers. And he says, there will be great things that will be done. He said, greater things, I think, in terms of number is what Jesus was probably referring to because he did some of the greatest miracles that could ever be done. But there would be so much and so many things that would be done by the believers because they would be anointed by the Holy Spirit. God would do miracles through us and the millions, the multiple millions around the globe so that the manifest works of Christ would be made known in huge number. I wonder how many miracles are are taking place right this very day because of Jesus. 
I have no way of estimating that, but my guess is there are many miracles that are taking place every day of the week because Jesus Christ is alive and God is still working miracles through the power of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? It's still happening today. And I believe that. Our God is the God of miracles. They are handwritten and revealed by God throughout all the New Testament and the Old Testament. Miracles are woven into the fabric of our lives till this present day. And I want to talk a little bit about some of the miracles we experienced in our own family. I mentioned already that my parents had amazing experience, encounter with Jesus Christ in their life, which transformed their lives. And they lived their life for the gospel. I saw my father many times, and he exampled this and showed me this as a boy growing up where he would give away money to the gospel. He'd see needs, and I'd see my dad getting what was in his in his wallet, pulling it out and giving it away because he was so convinced that the gospel was the thing that was needed in our world, and so he supported it with his finances. That was a great message this morning on on tithing. Let's uh, let's let's give the Lord a hand for that. And yeah, that was a great message. We believe in giving. We really believe in this. So our lives were marked by all kinds. Of miracles. I want to tell you one story. It was back in 1947. This is going to give away my age. Back in 1947, I was not yet born. And when I'm starting this story. And uh, my parents were in need of some miracles. My dad had some health issues that were major in his life. He had a bad back. He had other issues that were going on in his digestive system. There were all kinds of things just plaguing his life at that point. While they had just come to Christ and experienced him, he was still carrying some of these things. And of course, my dad was in his early days, he was a, he was a hard-living European, uh, lived it up, drank heavy, partied hard, did all this stuff, and he was actually into into different kinds of magic and demonic kinds of things. He was one of these guys that could make a table dance on the floor all by itself and all these kind of things that were, were not of God. And so there was some baggage carried into his life which brought sickness and so on. At the same time, my older brother, who was 12 years older than I was, or that was the age difference, um, was not well as well, and he couldn't see very well. He had glasses that were like the end of, you know, a glass like this at the bottom, like the end of a beer glass or, or pop bottle, really, really thick glasses. And they heard about the miracle meetings that were happening in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, and so they made the journey to go to Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, to see what was happening in the area of miracles, signs, and wonders. Thousands of people had gathered in those days. I was about to be born at that time, and uh, the doctor told my mother and father this news, that by every indication, there was no movement, and he told them that I would 
be a stillborn child, I would not be alive when I was being born. And so they went with these burdens as it were in their, in their lives, and they went to hear the word of God preached among thousands of people. And all kinds of people were throwing crutches away and, and walking away free, jumping out of wheelchairs, and all these miracles were taking place. And my brother, by faith, as a young man, he was hearing the word of God, and he ran to the front of that huge crowd, and he threw his glasses off thick glasses and he was instantly healed never wore corrective lenses till he was in his 50s and didn't need that much actually you know just one of the aging things and a complete miracle of God and my dad went through what they called a prayer line and this prophetic minister began to prophesy, and he saw my dad, and he says, you're a sick man. He says, you're going to be so sick in the next 24 hours that you think you're going to die. But he says, at the end of the 24 hours, he says, you will be instantly healed from everything that you carry right now. My dad told the story many times. He thought, he said, I thought I was going to die. But he said, when the 24 hours came, I broke out, and it was all gone. It all left me. I was healed by the power of God. And uh, my mother, who was carrying me, and I was very close to delivery, was listening to the word that the preacher was preaching that night, and it was a prophetic word that she believed was for her and for many others, but it came real to her, and the word was this. From the scriptures, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And as our word was being preached again and again, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. My mother began to scream out, Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. And at that moment, I began to kick inside of her. And I came alive inside of her, and she said, I had to run out of the meeting because there was so much kicking going on inside. Of me. Come on. And I often said, I've been alive and kicking ever since. You see, God is the God of miracles. God is the God of miracles. And if you know the time in history I'm talking about, 1947, 1948, were what they call revival years when some great ministries arose like like A.A. Allen, great healing evangelist, uh, Oral Roberts, Billy Graham. It was a great awakening that took place not only in America, not only in North America, but around the world. And there were great ministries that arose out of that. And a lot of miracle, miracle stuff was happening in those days. And it, the, the residue of that continued, I mean, right till our day. Today, in the, in the great faith movements, that we see happening in our world today, those were birthed and inspired by those that came out of the 1947-1948 revival. God did it then, he can do it again because God is the God of miracles. Turn to somebody and say, God is the God of miracles. God is the God of miracles. I want to, I could tell a lot of stories and I know I have to wind it up here soon.
We could talk about many, many miracles in our own family, Sandra and myself, the leadings of God and how God broke through and did miracles for us. Not only healing miracles, financial miracles, unusual open door miracles. I never believed when I was, although I did believe, I knew that God's hand was upon us, but I never believed that God would take us as far as he did into the world. But once when our, we, our congregation was just so tiny, there was maybe a half a dozen people were gathered on a Sunday night. The Holy Spirit spoke to me that you will go to the four corners of the earth. And I said, well, Lord, if that's you, I believe it. And it wasn't long after, and God began to open doors, and we began to go to many nations of the world. And, of course, many of you have heard that we've been in many nations of the world uh, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not long ago, one of our dear friends who was part of establishing one of the ministries that had a huge impact in the city of Prince George, and that was we had a lady's recovery home. We had somewhere near 400 gals who came through our recovery ministry there, were delivered from drugs and addictions and different things, and rose up to be faithful servants of Christ. Many of them are serving God faithfully today because of that ministry. The lady who established this under our direction and under our leadership um, was discovered with cancer that would be a little over a year ago, wasn't it, Sandra? A little over a year ago, a year and a half ago, something like that. Doctor gave her only, only days to live. Well, days, some months. He was predicting, I think, a month or two, and that would be it for her. She wouldn't receive that word. She believed that God had something better for her, and we did too. And we stood in faith... And we cursed that thing that was endeavoring to destroy her life. And we released the life of Jesus into her, as did many who stood in faith around her. And today she is a testimony of a clean bill of health. And that's got to be about one year now since she's had a clean bill of health. And, and th this is our God, folks. This is our God. Our God is the God of miracles. This last Sunday, we have some dear friends that we supported on the mission field for 17 years in the little Isle of Malta. Now they live in the lower mainland here, and uh, every year we, we bike ride one Sunday afternoon with them. Uh, it's just kind of an annual deal, usually on a long, long uh, weekend in August, uh, August 1st weekend. Name is Abe and Olga Friesen, and uh, they are people who believed in miracles, believed for miracles because of Jesus, and saw all kinds of miracles. Last week, I wish I could have them here this morning, but last year, week they were reciting some of the many miracles that they saw in the land of Malta. Uh, Malta is somewhat superstitious, held by certain what I, I would call very wrong perspectives on religion and so forth. There are very few believers on the Isle of Malta. When we went there a number of years ago to explore Malta as a, as a possible mission field, uh, it was estimated that there were 45 born-again Christians on the island, born-again evangelical Christians. That number changed hugely after the gospel began to spread 
not long after that on the island, and a great move of God was taking place. But they talked about the miracles that took place in, uh, on the island there that were absolute, open, visible, healing miracles. More than that kind of miracle, there were also miracles that gave them favor in Malta that was unbelievable. They started a Christian school in the aisle there and so on. I mean, there were just miracle after miracle. But one big miracle I want to talk about, their son, when they came home uh, to be back in Canada after the work had been established and Maltese leaders took over the work to lead the work and they lead that work till this day. Uh, it's a praise, called Praise Center in Malta. Their son was riding a motorcycle and uh, things were a little bit slippery and he was going around a corner and uh, his bike slipped but more than that there was a there was a a half-ton truck that was coming around the corner and literally ran over him and the first response of the doctor to this situation was this your son is going to be a vegetable I mean he was done in they wouldn't accept that answer they begin to call on God long story short their son is an engineer with CN rail he is in perfect health he's doing well and uh, this is a few years later now and he's got a family uh, it's amazing it's a miracle of God you see our God is the God of miracles Ministry, I want to say something this morning. Ministry in the Old and New Testament was marked by miracles. It was not so much marked by academics. It was marked by miracles. Paul didn't say, you know, truly the academics of an apostle I had. No, he said, truly the signs of an apostle were among you. How? In all signs, wonders, and mighty deeds... This was the thing that marked ministry. They were marked by the miraculous. The Bible says, These signs shall follow them that believe. Say it with me now. In my name they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And the Bible tells us, The Lord confirmed the word with signs following. You see, bringing it into the present day, it's not about hype. It's not about religious stripe. It's about believing, and it's about confessing. If we will confess what God says, if we'll believe in our heart, and we'll confess with our mouth, the Bible says we will be saved. And I believe the same happens for every miracle that we need. Wherever we need an invasion of God, wherever we need to see the miraculous happen I believe it's important for us to believe in our heart and to confess with our mouth and watch God do the miracle and then we just receive what God has for, for us miracles should be viewed as normal yes supernatural but should be as common occurrence and when the unbelievers sees the miracle, they say, God is with you. This is the convincing factor. 
Some of you know, and I've mentioned it before, I work extensively into India at this season of our life. And the young man I work with has, uh, has about 630-some churches right now that he works with, and they plant churches regularly. It's just, they're just planting churches all the time. And um, the way they plant churches is they go into the community, start preaching the gospel, believe God for miracles, signs, wonders, mighty deeds. They do that for two, three, four days in a community, uh, in some tent somewhere, open air, whatever the case might be. And after that, because there are so many miracles, people believe, and they got a church. It's through the miraculous that they do what they do. And God confirms the word with signs following. I ask you this morning, do you need a miracle? Do you want God to do miracles through you? You might be here in either one of those stages this morning. You need a miracle. Some of you want to move beyond that and say, I want God to do miracles through me. The Bible says this, if you can believe, all things are possible. All things are possible to him who believes. Not going to doubt in our hearts, but we're going to believe. And Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, 23 to 24, if you will not doubt in your heart, but you'll believe. If you do that, you'll have what you ask for. You have what you confess. I was saying with Pastor Shar this morning that as we were praying before the meeting today, that I believe that when the word of faith is spoken, it's it's good seed. And if our hearts are good and we receive that seed, it's going to grow. And you will see the things happening that that word has in store for you. You'll see it. It will happen. Sometimes it happens in the moment right now. Other times that seed just grows for the appointed time to be re released and spring forth. And the miracle's there when you need it. You need it or somebody else needs it. Faith works in many mysterious ways and God works in mysterious ways as wonders to perform. Would you just bow your heads this morning? Pastor Shar's going to come in just a moment. but I want to encourage you to, just where you are, Believe. Hebrews chapter 3 and 4 says they could not enter in. They couldn't get in, get all the promises, speaking of Israel, because of unbelief. But then there were those who said, I believe. Why don't you be one of those that says, I believe. Help my unbelief. Lord, I just want to believe. 
God could do it. Many years ago for my mom, she can do it. He can do it for you. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. What a great prayer. What a great confession. Be not doubting. Be believing.